Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Western Front. This is episode 14, series one, and the landscape of football has changed dramatically since we were last in this booth. One, Ross Lyon's gone from the Dockers. Two, the Dockers' season is over. Three, the Eagles don't get the double chance. And four, Steve Allen, who did a remarkably good job last week, has been replaced by one said Lockie Reid. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Tim. Usually when someone fills in, you're not supposed to be as good as the person that did it the previous time. So, little message to Stevie. Woo, back a touch on the brilliance. Just come in and be ordinary like myself. Yeah, I like to call him MP. Mr. Podcast. Mr. Potty. He's very, yeah. He knows how he to work it. He loves a good podcast. He does love a yeah. good podcast. Hey, thank you, and I'm self-indulgent as it is. Thank you to everyone for all your wishes too. About 30 years last year, we had a massive celebration. Thank you for putting together the video, oh, Lockie. It was good fun. Can I tell a little story very quickly? Go ahead. Uh, so I uh, wanted to get all your sort of uh, favourite sports people over the years. So we had Daniel Rich on the video, Lockie Neal was on the video, John Warsfold mentioned the Wilbur's Worms basketball team that you played with. Nizzy Uh, Nizzy was on there. Nizzy was on there. Justin Langer, just before the test. How how good a bloke is Justin Langer? Can I just tell this? I text him. Right, and I said, "Hey, JL, I know you're about to start the t- and it literally about to start the test, Tim." And I said, "I know you're about to start the test, but just wanting a little message for Timmy G. Thirty years at Channel Ten. Within an hour, oh. I had a WhatsApp message from JL saying, "Congrats, Timmy. We're about to get stuck into the test, but you know, well done. How good's that? That's yeah. fantastic." What does that Fred Kersley, I, I left a message for Fred. You're you know, your, your hero. Racing hero. Yep. Fred left a message saying, Fred, any chance you could send a little message back to uh, the Gossa about 30 years? I got a text message back. <laughs> well done, Goss. Congratulations. <laughs> we eventually got the video happening. Yeah. yeah, well, and I've watched the video back because on the yeah. night you get caught up in the emotions with yeah. my family oh, and I watch it. Very emotional. Yeah, I was emotional. Yeah, it was. A couple of tears. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned you. It's yeah. enough to make anyone cry. <laughs> anyway, so what what happened was yeah. I watched it over the weekend. Yeah, right? just in a, a quiet, some quiet time. Yeah, you were watching it on Friday. How many times did you watch it? Nah, but I don't know what's happened. On Friday, you watched it and did little giggles over the desk. <laughs> Nothing better than watching half an hour of people. Talking lauding you, you <laughs> and making out that you're a genius yeah. and knowing that you got away with blue murder. But I watched the video back. Mm. Now, this is podcast is for Channel 10, yeah? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And, and Ross Dagan, for those who don't know, is the network news boss. He came over. Not allowed to, me- not allowed to me- I know that, but I've got to mention him to set the scene, right? Right, yeah. So I'm not too sure whether he's going to have a listening ear over this, but he's a good man, Ross. But he's going to need a good lawyer. Because I watched, <laughs> I, I watched it back. Yeah. Narelda Jacobs... My news princess who reads Co-anchor. news. Co-anchor, yeah. Yeah. I have been lambasted. Mate. Who wrote it? When you, when. Who wrote Tim. it? Tim. Who was, I'm pointing at you and I'm touching your chest. <laughs> who was, who provided Everyone provided their own little video messages to you, Tim. And every now and then when you celebrate a big milestone, you've Get roasted. And you got roasted <laughs> by Narelda. Well, actually, I'm actually offended. Uh, you are not. Move on. Let's talk about footy because this is important. <laughs> yeah, no. This is a big week, Speaking mate. Offended. I'm just going to get stuck into this week. Right. There's so much footy happening this week. It's brilliant having no footy. So the two best teams are not even playing, West Coast and Subiaco. No. Well, Sir, yeah, Subiaco Reserves are playing, though. Oh, yeah. They're the best team. What team. Where did they finish in the ladder? They finished third. They is got the right? double chance. Who's the skipper? The skipper was B. Reed. I, I think he was skipper. 
Was that the B Reed or Bev? <laughs> Jack I'm not Beverly. sure. Yeah, Jack Beverley. No, nah, I think it was B. Reed. Well, who tossed the coin? Well, mate? I didn't get there in time, did I? <laughs> Where were you? Um, I got there right on 11:30, the start of the game. It was a cue to get in. <laughs> yeah, big game. <laughs> they play. Big game. Uh, they played East Perth. Oh, that would have yeah, got them in there. Smashed them. <laughs> smashed them. Hey, Lock. Great defensive effort too yeah. by the big fella. He just set the tone. Yeah. Now, Lockie, can yeah. I just mention that um, Ross Lyon is no longer the coach of the Fremantle Lockers? Correct. Yep. I just want to mention it. <laughs> is that all? Who gets the job? It's, look, it's down to three. You always have a go at me for sitting on the fence. No, I don't mind you sitting on the I'm fence. And I'm legitimately to... sitting on the fence because I, I don't know the direction the Dockers should go right now. Okay? So should they go guys like, and I'm saying like, John Warsfold, Brett Ratton. I know Warsfold's contractor. Maybe Ratton gets St Kilda. Those type of guys who have been there, done that, been... Quite successful. Even Ratton was successful back in his Carlton days as well. Or do they go youth? Do they bring in youth? Now, Justin Longmuir, awesome bloke. Obviously, a great background in coaching. He's done it all, hasn't he? He started in the Waffle, went to West Coast, now at Collingwood. You know, and Nathan Buckley's pumping him up. Uh, Peter Sumich, you would say, is inexperienced in terms of head coaching, but got plenty of experience in grounding. And your man, is Scoey a chance? Or has he just not been away from this, yeah. the local Hasn't scene been in enough. the AFL system long enough. Because he would be ruthless yeah. and good. Yeah, he would be very, very good. The, f- the fact is with Scull, he's also he's at a club that's fallen off the rails a bit. Yeah, true. So Which that, doesn't help his doesn't cause. Doesn't help his cause. He might be the next coach of that club if they don't make... Justin Longmuir is probably the most exciting I'd be giving it to him, I mate. Think. I know, and I know nothing, but I'd be giving it to him. Yeah. And he's got the connections at the club, which is interesting. Yep. As a former player, a teammate, Peter Bell knows him well, Stephen O'Reilly, Peter Mann. There's yep. a lot to like about him. So I'm going to say this. You need to bring Fremantle back to Fremantle. They have this. completely lost their identity. Correct. Now, was the move to Coburn a good move or not? I don't think so, but when you walk around Coburn, you think, wow, this is a pretty good setup and well is done. Is it really? But I think they can't. They com- could have done that at Fremantle and It's very communal for me. Yeah. I, I, they've just lost their, they've lost their way. I think Peter Bell will step up even more. He'll, he'll be more than just a footy manager at that club. Then they need to go and get a CEO that'll just look after the culture and setting up how they run each day and improving what Fremantle needs to be. Do you think Ross Lyon will coach somewhere else eventually? Uh, I think he will, yes, eventually. Yeah. Here's how I see it unfolding for Ross Lyon. Unfold. He's going to be on Fox Footy next year. What, what Has he got a relationship with the Fox Footy guys? Yeah. Like what? Uh, Paul Ruse, yep. David King. He'll be on Fox Footy. Jared Healy. And he is... Is he mates with those blokes? He is. And he's got a good footy mind. And we'll mind. see a different Ross Lyon. We'll see the humorous side of him that we that we like, and we'll see the very analytical side of Ross Lyon. And within twelve months, another club like GWS, Tim. And in fact, I think GWS Ooh. is the club that he should be coaching. Okay, so so now let, look, I don't want to talk ill of another network because I don't. I love Fox Footy. I love all the guys mm. on Fox Footy. But if Ross comes in, who gets squeezed out? And I wonder if they'll be the same people who'll be so nice to him <laughs> going <laughs> forward. Imagine if they said, "Well, they'll just make a position for him." Do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Hey, AFL finals action. It starts Thursday, September 5. It is at Optus Stadium, 10 past 6 Perth time. West Coast hosts Thursday Essendon. night. 
Are you kidding me? Friday night, Geelong versus Collingwood MCG. So not at GMHBA Stadium. Why does Perth get Thursday night? Second elimination final, Saturday, September 7. GWS Bulldogs at Giants Stadium. It's an afternoon fixture. Leading no one into... cares about that one. They could have played Thursday night. Leading into a finals fixture, second qualifying final, Brisbane and Richmond at the Gabba. So Richmond's, Richmond's reward was the double chance. Yep. And their non-reward was they have to go to the Gabba to take on Well, Brisbane. they haven't been out of Melbourne for, what, 50 days or mm. something like that. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't matter. Alrighty. So, right now, mm-hmm. right now, yep. I want your tips. Okay. Right now. Now, we don't know anything about who's in, right, who's go out. Go through the games again. West Coast, Essendon, and that is at Optus Stadium Thursday week. They'll beat Essendon West Coast. Geelong, Collingwood, MCG, Friday, September 6. Ah, uh, Geelong. You can ask what, who I'm going for. No, mate. You, you asked me, so I'm going Second with... elimination final, Giants-Bulldogs, Giants Stadium. Giants. Brisbane-Richmond, Gabba, <sighs> Saturday night. Uh, you can answer that one. Richmond. So my tips are West Coast, Collingwood, Bulldogs, Richmond. So we differ on three. Mm. That's what... That's, yeah, it's I could change series. my mind on the Bulldogs because they do series. look good, don't they? Now, mm. let's... Twist the tail around a little bit and take in some cricket because oh, it was oh. astonishing. And we would be derelict in our duty, not to mention one of the greatest finishes to a test match, the good, the bad and the Ben Stokes. Cut away. Cut away for four. What an innings, what a player. Take a bow, Ben Stokes. Amazing. It was a master Stoke. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was incredible to watch. Now, Tim Payne's been lambasted, of course, for his captaincy line for dropping the catch, uh, the throwback to the stumps, uh, the review on the Cummins LB when it should have been held over and would have got it in the next over with line, uh, the drop catch by Harris, all a bit difficult, the attempts to field the ball but giving up boundaries in the outer. It was it, What went wrong in the last hour for Australia, you couldn't have written a worse script for the Aussies. No, exactly right. But to be honest, when you look at it on the other side of it, there was nothing stopping Ben Stokes. Mm-hmm. He he was a man on a mission, and you could see it once he got a sniff of about 50 runs, he wasn't going to be out. Mm. He was not going to go out. Because not only was he whacking them to the boundary, he was whacking them over the boundary, and he was edging shots that went over mm-hmm. the boundary. Mm-hmm. He was just... There was nothing going to stop him. And yes... The big mistake was the review, no doubt about it. And if you put, um, I was going to say Ross Lyon, Nathan Lyon onto the field at training and you threw that same ball to him over the stumps or near the stumps, he would 10 out of 10 grab hold of that ball and run him out. It was just Mm. immense pressure that uh, they didn't handle very well. It was a cauldron, wasn't it, too? I mean, the English, hats off to England. They clapped every block shot, every run, every misfield, the taunting, the carrying on. It was just a, It was just like a... You couldn't have written... If you, if you were to say, we want one hour of test cricket mm. to be an advertisement, crowd involvement, the skills, the not-so-skills, the pressure, the result, the emotion, that was it for me. What was your emotion throughout it? I'll tell you mine very quickly. So with about 50 runs to go... I was getting a little agitated, like, oh, we need his one wicket, just one wicket. But when Stokes took over completely and got it to within 18, you know, the, I think it was three straight sixes off Hazelwood as well, I was actually 
feeling myself cheering for Stokes to win the game. And it was a quite an odd feeling because he was so good that you didn't want to see it end up that he actually lost. Yeah, my emotion changed when... And I and I'm no disrespect, and I'm I'm grateful I'm grateful for the comebacks of Smith, Warner, and Bancroft. But when I saw David Warner all of a sudden engaging with the captains and the bowlers, thinking, "Hang on, where have you come into the equation?" <laughs> I'd just be piping down. You've taken a few catches, and uh, let's make a few runs. But once he starts pointing the finger and who should go where, uh, I thought we were in trouble. Can I ask you very quickly if Steve Smith was out in the field in that last hour, could things have been? A little different. Oh, I have no doubt he would have provided some stability. I noticed Peter Siddle came out a lot, so I don't know whether Smith and Langer and Steve War, whoever was involved. Yep. Uh, listening to Ricky Ponting uh, in the commentary. Yeah, he was brilliant. Wasn't he, he was brilliant, but he was getting agitated too. Yeah, yeah. He was getting frustrated, so he was probably trying to make decisions. Michael Atherton. Was that a message maybe to Langer? Would Would Langer have been listening to no, the TV as well, or no. someone listening to the TV on behalf of Don't know. Justin it's Langer? A question. It's a good question, but look, they would just... Ricky Ponting have been texting? Don't think he can have your phones. While he's commentating? Uh, no, the, 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 the players aren't allowed to have their phones oh. during the game. It's like AFL. You've you got to drop your phone. So in. Langer wouldn't have his phone on? No, I don't think so. Is that right? I'd stand corrected on that. Okay. I, I wouldn't have thought so. That's interesting. Tell you what. Hmm. You get, some, you get some good information. You could have a bit. No. <laughs> that's the problem. No, you're not allowed to yeah, have phones. Not allowed to okay, have phones. All righty. Hey, in regards to that, mm. right, now this is my left field, right field question. Yeah. Now, let's go with the right field question. You go first with your right field question. I'll give you, uh, I'll give you yours. All right. So I'm going to stick with cricket for the right field question. Who would have copped the biggest Justin Langer spray? And we know the little man can give a pretty good spray. Uh, Tim Payne for the review. Nathan Lyon for fumbling the runouts. Or the bowlers in general in that game? Yeah, none. Ooh. Yeah, none. Because that wouldn't have been Langer's MO. I think he would have been incredibly frustrated by it. I think as a collective, he would have sat down and said, we blew that, but we're still in it, and we're lucky we've got two tests to fix it. So further on that, uh, from all reports, England have celebrated big time. Yeah. Uh, ben Stokes afterwards. went on the Twitter and uh, dropped uh, the magic. Did he? Oh, you said, I don't care oh, if I get a fine. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love test cricket. I love England. And you can throw in a few expletives as well. So there's reports that uh, Jack Leach led the whole England team back onto the pitch after everyone had gone and reenacted his one and only single. <laughs> he stood at the end. He was the only one in there in his whites. And uh, the England team sat there, darkened oval, wearing their whites yeah, with a guitar it. singing Wonderwall. I love it. Yeah, I love fantastic. that stuff. Yeah, it is stuff, and that's what that's what we do on AFL Grand Final day. That's what the Australian cricket team would do. They would go sing the song in what the rooms. What would the song be for the Aussies out on the pitch if they'd won? K San. Yeah, something. something Wonderwall's like a bit yeah. K San like, isn't it? Or you'll go riding on the horses, yeah, yeah, way up in the sky, little darling. Anyway, um, <laughs> now, yeah, my question for you, great yeah. man, is. Mm-hmm. If Essendon beat the Eagles, yep. what does that do for John Worsfold <laughs> and his chances of getting the Dockers job? The Dockers job? Not about keeping his job at Essendon. I was going to say, that would guarantee him staying at Essendon. If he wants to. So you're telling me John Worsfold doesn't want to stay in Melbourne. I have By it. asking this question, you're saying to me, John Worsfold does not want to stay in Melbourne. That's he not, wants to come back home. 
So if Peter Bell gave him a call, John Worsfold would seriously consider coming back home that part to of, coaching that, Fremantle. That part, that last comment you made, yep. is what I'm inferring. Yep. He's got a contract. He's happy to stay if that be the case. Mm-hmm. And if there's a job to come to, and it's not going to be West Coast, and that would be Fremantle, I would have no doubt that both parties would agree to split. Okay. John's family lives in Perth. See, I would... I'm not sure about him being coach, but I'd You're like him to be answer. the overseer of a judge. So Justin Longmuir... won't be with Peter Summich. No, no, it won't be with Peter Summich. Justin Longmuir with John Worsfold as the overseer, I think would be a pretty good combination. Will should be pretty reliable. He's been through it. There's no drama of any backstabbing or anything like that. He's a good fella, uh, very reliable, honest sort of bloke. With Longy would be fantastic, I reckon. All That'd righty. be a good combo. Left field question. Well, let's go with the left before we take yeah. a break here on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, WFrontW. Okay, so Fremantle now have to look ahead and they have to make some big decisions. They're probably going to lose Langdon and Hill. They're going to get a pretty decent pick at the draft. So if they decide to rebuild the Fremantle Dockers, if they come in with the MO, we are going to rebuild this football club. We're going to go to the draft. Yep. Does Nat Fife stay? That's scurrilous, mate. No, I'm asking the question. Does Nat Fife at whatever age he is, 28? Late 20s. Late 20s? Does he go, I'm not sure I can stick around another three or four years to wait to see this rebuild again. I can go to a Melbourne club and be on the big stage in front of 60,000 every week and be a chance to win a flag. I'm not being scurrilous here. I'm asking you the question, would he seriously think, I love Fremantle, I'm the captain of the club, but do I want to hang around and wait and see whether they can do anything here? Timing of your question is interesting, okay, because there's two things to this. Right. I received a very important phone call last week to suggest... Hang on. To suggest. Hang on. Are you going to let me know this before the podcast started or? Well, there's just some. Keeping little stories to yourself. I thought we were a team. There's some information. Well, we were until I saw the video for my 30th I year. had nothing to do with the video. Well, I'd had something, a lot to do with the video, <laughs> but some of the comments in the video had nothing to do with me. Oh, but I anyway. know who's got my back then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, my mail is two things. Yep. That there is some conjecture about his future at Fremantle. But as we stand in this very small hot booth with me with flat hair and you with no hair, (laughs) Nathaniel Fife Mm -hmm. will be doing a media conference today. Today. Yep. So he will answer that question, won't he? You're going to ask it, are you? No, but I've told the troops that's the question we want to ask about his future at Fremantle. Mm. So it'll all be played out. So it's an interesting one, and the timing of it's interesting. My view is no. They can't win a flag while he's there right now. So for his own James O'Connor brand, Buddy Franklin brand, I would be looking elsewhere mm. if I was Nat Fife. But I think, he's a, I think he's a better man than that. Captain of a football club, new coach comes in, contracted, Peter Bell at the helm, show some fight, Nat. Show some fight. It's not all about no. dollars and cents. Can Got you it? imagine... The draft picks that they would get. Can you get. imagine the drama if Nat Fife Wow, well, it'd out. be massive. It'd be massive. But can you imagine the draft picks? They've got one now because they finished 14th. Yep. They'll get one 
or maybe two, depending on the Hill mm. and Langdon scenarios. Mm. Then Fife, you get two inside the top ten. Yeah, for two years, three years in a row. You've got six, seven new players at the footy club. Yeah. Plus Brayshaw, So that has to be a genuine rebuild. That's a that, rebuild. That is an absolute rebuild. Man. But you've finished 14 right now. You're going yeah. to lose Hill and Langdon. Yeah. So you're going to stock up. Who are you going to get? I'd be moving half the blokes that they got, the expats, out. But you can't get rid of them all. There's mm. only 12 blokes on the list, mate. There's 12 blokes that I'd go, you're ready to go. Mm. Anyway. Uh, we my... have to take a break, Tim, because we've gone 20 minutes without a break. Okay, straight out of the break. My left field question is an absolute ripper. Well, I do think it is. This is the Western Front <laughs> on Podcast. Your, on your tickets. This... <laughs> Parcels, keep wrapping yourself up. Uh, we'll be back with the left field question and a whole lot more on the Western Front Podcast. Hi there, I'm Sandra Sully. At 10 Daily, we pride ourselves on delivering great stories about the things that matter. From the biggest news of the day, right through to what's clicking, what's hot, what's happening now. We have it all covered. 10daily.com.au Welcome back to the podcast. Short break. Hey, listen, can I just say to you, my mm. question is... This is the left field. On the back of Jack Leach... Yes. Give me your three most famous spectacle-wearing sportsmen or women oh, of all time. Good. May have to play the uh, elevator music. <laughs> uh, so sports sportsmen? Are you saying sportsmen or women? Yeah, sportsmen or women? Not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Wearing. Otherwise, I'd be on the top. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He wore the goggles, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You like that one? Yeah. Um, He didn't wear him on the footy field, but Robbie Flower wore glasses, but it wasn't on the footy field, was it? You want mm. him on the footy field? Yeah, during during during, the game. during sport. Doesn't mm. have to be footy. Um, Abdul Jabbar oh, without glasses, they were protective eyewear. Yeah, but I'm glasses. Ta- I'm taking genuine that glasses. Anyway. I'm taking that anyway. Well, I'm not um, counting it. Okay. Um, Cheapers. Who was the tennis player that wore glasses? The female tennis player back in the mid seventies. <laughs> yeah. What was her name? Oh, I know, I know her name. Just give me an initial. No way. Oh, what was her name, man? She had a hyphenated first name. Billie Jean, Billie Jean King. Correct. Yeah. That's one. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. ding. Um, got to go through the sports. <laughs> one. There's two famous footy players who wore glasses. One played for Essendon. Now lives in South Australia. Played for Claremont in the Waffle. Jeff Blethen. Full Jeff, forward. Jeff who? No, he was a good mate. Was he? Jeff Blethen. Yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't have known Dalton Blethen. Gooding. Dalton Gooding. Did he wear glasses? Number 44 for Claremont. Played on the wing. In a game. During game. Wow. Yeah, he, he doesn't in... wear them now. No. I, I think contacts weren't in vogue. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so there's just a... That, they weren't solely on my list. They were just two footballers yeah, wearing okay. glasses. Daniel Vittori. Yes. Clive Lloyd. Oh, yes. Zahir Abbas, the opening oh, batsman. Or number yes, three batsman from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Clive Lloyd's a good one. You like that? Yeah, that's very good. Thanks for answering my question. All righty. There, there are others. In fact, uh, I think I've got the list right well, you here. You can't Google it. No, Otherwise, I could have jumped on the Google and done it myself. Dirk Wellham? Yes. Good player, Dirk Wellham. John got Howard? Sentry on Deboo. John, John Howard. Bob Hawke? Remember when he was batting and got hit in the glasses? <laughs> anyway, time to move on. Sir Swamp Thing. Our favourite Sir Swamp Thing or associate... 
in regards to social media tweet on facts and figures in sport or things left field, you may go first. Yeah, I like this one, the current active streaks in finals, and it only has relevance because Essendon have lost their last five straight finals, and they take on the West Coast Eagles, who have won their last three straight. Yeah, so they've got a bit of work to do. Mm, nice, they nice certainly one. do. Bulldogs won four straight. They have. They're on a bit of a roll. Well done, Sir Swampy. Okay, VFL, AFL players who won the home and away goal kicking despite being goalless in consecutive games at some stage during the year. So Jeff, Jeremy Cameron is this year. Yep. So he went goalless in a couple of games. He's now mm. won the Coleman. Coleman. The last player to do so was Ern Cowley 101 years ago. Very apt, isn't it? Ern? Yep. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I watched him. I was there that day that he did that. <laughs> was he there? Yeah. So 1918. Right. 101 you were there. years. 101 years wow. since someone has gone goalless back to back and gone on to win the corner. So how did the game unfold? Who for? For Earn. Ah, oh, look, he was. Uh, he dominated. Dude, <laughs> he just didn't kick a goal. For two for back to back games. Yeah, yeah. But he won the Coleman. Right. Oh, so yeah, right. Yeah. Which game will you get? What game oh, were you at? Oh, it's a packed house. <laughs> University versus uh, Fitzroy. <laughs> you idiot. All righty. Hey, we've got to do votes, yeah. and we want to talk about the finals, and we want to talk about West Coast Eagles and what went wrong against yeah. Hawthorne. Read the play. Hawks to win the next premiership. O'Meara, they get Tommy Mitchell back. If they can sign uh, Coniglio. Coniglio. What is it? So, are West Coast done? Is this Gostronamus? Yeah. Is it over? No. No. Asking the wrong bloke, aren't I, really? What, you don't think I've got the credibility to answer your question? No, I just think your love of West Coast is um, just massive at the moment. And um... I've got to, I want to make a comment while you're on that subject. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, so this is the Gostronamus. <laughs> when Fremantle, as a football club, are sitting in a big room, Mm. And they're rebuilding. And I want everyone to keep their jobs. It's not about sacking people hand over fist. I don't get any satisfaction out of that. Mm. Players, coaches, staff, whatever. When they walk into the room, I want them to do this. I want them to put up on the whiteboard, whoever the new CEO is, and the football manager, and the coach, and everyone, the staff, and the board, to put up, the president, Dale, if you're listening, put up on the board right that. Stop feeling inferior. Stop feeling hard done by. Don't worry what the blokes up the road are doing. Mm, I totally agree with you. Because I think they waste so much energy. And what it does, and the fans are different, because the fans are passionate, and I love the Purple Army fans. But the fans have got to move on from They the... waste so much energy yeah. worrying about stuff. Yeah. Well, set the scene here, because I know the fans do stress a lot about West Coast biased in the media. I don't barrack for West Coast. I don't barrack for Fremantle. I want both teams to succeed. Why is that, Lockie? Well, it's just fun. It's more fun to be a journo yeah. if both teams Correct. are in the finals. It's to I work. wind back the clock to 2006 when both made the prelim. West Coast went on to win, win the flag. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. There was stuff to do each and every day. Mm-hmm. It was exciting. We were going down. Fans were everywhere at training. Uh, 2013. Fremantle, that was a fantastic yep. week at the grand final. That's So don't get carried away that the media are against your Fremantle fans because they're not. The only thing the media does is try to make the club accountable. 
So if you're going to make silly decisions, if you're going to make bad decisions, then we're going to jump on you because that's what we have to do. That's our job. Mm. I like your style. Mm. So anyway, that was my Gostradamus. Yep. So I'm Gostradamus no, in the I future. Like I want them to sit in a room yep. and basically go through Forget that about point. the guys up the road. Makes Just no do the I'll, right thing by your club. I can tell you now that the blokes up the road do not care what's happening down there. No. You don't mention them. So you don't, they don't ask questions about it. They don't talk about it. They just move on. Well, I would get my man Nick Marvin involved yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name keeps popping up. Yeah, I'd get him involved. Whether he's the CEO or someone that comes in and just his job is to build a culture and build something about Fremantle. He's got some great thoughts. I've already spoken to him during the week. He's got some great ideas about getting Fremantle back at Fremantle, and he did a great job at Perth Wildcats. I know it's only the Perth Wildcats, and they're still, only in the NBL. Nah, but still significant but in, our, is, in our landscape. Exactly. Yeah, you I get, agree. And, and I think Fremantle, to me, and he explained it, is working class. Get back to being working class, grassroots. You are amongst a community. Nice it's something you. you can get over West Coast as well, because West Coast is seen as the elite. As we've done this podcast, mm-hmm. there's been a state funeral for the great Polly Farmer yes. at the Stadium. A beautiful day, gorgeous day, big crowd, the who's who of the football community, not just WA, but of course Australia-wide, uh, honouring the legend that is Polly Farmer. The state funeral, well done to the government, well done to the Farmer family for accepting it, and well done for a beautiful day. And I know all the news has uh, covered it uh, gracefully and uh, and with great respect. So our thoughts are with the Farmer family on Best a football day. Never saw him play you speak to the right people in this. Yeah. It changed the game. It changed the game. Mm. All righty. Hey, so West Coast, we talk about what they've done right or wrong. I still think they can go all the way. I still think they've got the capabilities. It's going to take a superhuman effort. But speaking of superhuman effort, they did. The 40-man Australian uh, yeah. AFL, uh, All-Australian squad was named, Lockie. Yes. And there were seven... West Coast Eagles and two Fremantle Dockers, so let's be a little bit biased. The squad, I'll race through it for you. Daniel Talia from Adelaide. Yeah. Harris Andrews, Charlie Cameron, Hugh McCluggage, hasn't he come on? Hugh yeah, he's decent now. Lockie Neal, yeah. Dane Zorko, Paddy Cripps is the only one from Carlton. Collingwood have Brody Grundy, Scott Pendlebury, Adam Played Trelaw. 300 games, Scotty Pendlebury. Yeah. Been around a long time, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, has. Nat Fife, Michael Walters, as mentioned, the only two Fremantle Bradley Dockers. Hill. Gary Ablett. Bradley Hill. No, I didn't get in. Gary Abbott. Didn't get in the 40. No. He's had a super season. Mark Blixars, Patrick Dangerfield, Tom Hawkins, Tim Kelly, Tom Stewart are in. Yeah, he's a good player, Tom Stewart. Jeremy Cameron, Nick Haynes, James Sicily for Hawkins. Nick Haynes play for? He's the guy who plays for Giants. <laughs> he um, had his uh, yeah, throat no, smacked. I was just joking. Okay. <laughs> James Sicily, the only Hawk. Yep. Max Gorn, the only Melbourne. Ben Brown, North Melbourne, Ben Cunningham. How didn't any more demons get in there? <laughs> I'm surprised he got in, to be honest. Yeah, he started well. He did have a pretty average back half of the season. Travis Boat, the only one from Port. Basher Hawley, Dylan Grimes, Dustin Martin, Dion Prestia from Richmond. Mm-hmm. Dane Rampey from Sydney. And the Eagles are Darling, Gaff, Hearn, McGovern, Shepherd, Shuey, Yo. And the Western Bulldogs, there is three, and no surprises, the Bont, Dunkley and McRae. Yeah, Dunkley's had a good season. Um, all right, so let's very quickly, because I don't want to go over time like you and Steve did last week, because that was way too long. Um, <laughs> Schofield's got to play. Schofield has to play. Nat Nui comes in. They're the changes for me. So who goes out? Uh, look, Duggan struggled on the weekend, but I'm not sure it's a like-for-like, like, Schofield and Duggan. Nelson? Nelson, maybe, but 
you miss out on the chance of tagging, but maybe you don't need to tag against the Bombers. Um, and probably Jake Waterman's the unlucky one, just because Allen gives them the flexibility of forward and back. And I'm tempted to, and I know he had a pretty, well, stats-wise, you were there. Cameron, Jared Cameron, does he come in for Petrocelli? Archie would come in ahead of Cameron. Really? Archie was outstanding. Like, like, outstanding. Mm. Cameron was good. He, he couldn't get involved in the game for the first half. Just like half. his forward half pressure, well, and I think he well, gets inspired. Well, was lacking by, early. It was lacking but early. he's inspired by Ryan and Rioli. He's yeah. a better player when yeah. he's alongside yeah. those two boys. Yeah. Yeah, I can tend to but agree. But Schofield has to play because the defence looked really ordinary yeah. on he, Saturday He night. allows McGovern and Barris yep. to do their thing. And Barris is just out of touch Yeah, but he's right. He'll be right. Yeah. He'll be right. We'll look back at it. Ever since he had the Harry High pants, he hasn't been the same. No, yeah. that's right. He needs to, he needs to go low, he needs to, uh, low ride. Low ride. All right, votes. Voting. Hey, Boat this sings. is for the Bankwest Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, West Coast and Hawthorne. I gave Gaff the three. 37 touches, I think it was. Rioli was superb. Uh, and one to Sheed, toiled hard all day. In game 100? Yep. Frio and Port, three to Langdon. Two to Welcome to Nighthouse. Yeah, you did a good uh, job. Uh, no, Robbie, Gray. Robbie Gray. Yeah, and one to uh, Reese Conker. Steve Allen loves Reese Conker. Yeah, he so does. Reese Conker. So no Nat Fife? No, you wouldn't let me put Nat Fife in. Um, 29 to 5, he's the winner quite easily. There you go. 18 Walters, 17 Hill, and. I think the best eagle was Elliot Yo in the end, who stormed home. What about Shepard? Shepard had 15. So Yo had, had 16. 16. Yeah, nice work by there. Yeah. All righty, so well under Nat Five, $10,000 going to the charity of choice for Natty Five. We'll make that presentation and you'll see it on the news. Hey, welcome back, mate. Yeah, thanks very much, Tim. Great to be here. And um, <laughs> yeah, no, I look forward to a uh, enthralling four weeks of footy. That has been the Western Front Podcast, episode 14, series one. We'll do it again soon. Join Georgia Love and Shura Taft as they dissect all the best bits of the week from The Bachelor. Get excited for Cocktails and Roses, a 10 Speaks podcast. Listen now.